0: I love getting up in the morning. I clap my hands and say, this is going to be a great day.
1: Swick Technologies presents the leading business podcast, helping you leverage technology
0: to accelerate your growth. The key to this business is personal relationships.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Swick Tech Leading Business Podcast. This is episode number 14. Today is October 26, 2020. I'm Eric.
0: And Shane.
1: All right. Shane, this will be a, this will be a good one. Uh, today's topic of discussion, which we'll get to, is going to be cloud voice. But before we get to that, we wanted to do our what we're using in tech Uh, segment again and I figured I'd go first and talk a little bit about a piece of technology I'm sure many people know about um, but one that I just I get really enthusiastic about some of these pieces of technology that we're using and so the one I wanted to talk about today is Grammarly. Um, grammarly Grammarly.com it's you know Grammarly uh, I don't know how else to like say it Grammarly.com it's a plugin slash you know, software as a service tool that can um, go into your Chrome like add-ons. Uh, you can add it to Chrome. You can be uh, integrated with like uh, Microsoft Outlook, Microsoft Word, Google, Gmail, Google Sheets. Basically, um, you know, wherever you're doing some sort of writing composition as well as natively from their website. Also, it just checks your spelling and grammar for free. Um, And then there's some paid options where, like, you can do more with it, like check your tone and like your consistency and things like that. Um, But for me, I make a lot of errors, so I love seeing it catch them and fix them. And I have confidence that what I've written is going to go out error free. And so in this fast paced world, it's a tool that I really come to love.
0: I'm a big fan of Grammarly too. I use it all the time. To your point, the best places are probably like in your Gmail or like the browser add-in app, whatever you want to call extension. it.
1: Extension, that's what it is, a Chrome extension. Yeah. I couldn't think Chrome of it extension, yet. There you go.
0: And uh, yeah, in Outlook, I use it a ton too. It's super helpful. The big question here, Eric, do you love it because you're so bad at this, you're never going to learn how to do grammar correctly and it will forever always help you? Or do you feel like Grammarly is helping you get better and you have fewer mistakes?
1: That's fun. It's a little bit of both. I have no intention of getting better, but there's a couple ahas along the way where I'm like, oh, good to know. You know, there's some of those things that I've learned. Um, this isn't as much as Grammarly is. I used to listen to a podcast called Grammar Girl. And for the longest time, I thought the saying or phrase, let's, I thought it was like flush it out. It's flesh it out, flesh not flush. And when I realized that, I was like, oh my gosh, what else have I been saying that's just been wrong and no one's corrected me. So that was a really fun one to learn. Um, I think there's a lot of
0: those with not you specifically, but just people (laughs) in general using phrases poorly. Like a long time ago, I learned, and I might not even be right anymore. I may have like re-mistaken myself here, but uh, when you say anyway, like, you know when you're transitioning oh anyway I want to like go back to that yeah you're not supposed to say anyways plural that's like not not a word fascinating you're supposed to say anyway singular I mean I guess it's not singular or plural but without the s S.
1: interesting so I didn't I didn't know that one because I often would say and have said and do say so anyways yeah (laughs) that's fun so yeah there's some things like that in Grammarly that I've you know learned along the way or I've gotten really um, anal about using the proper like versions of your right apostrophe, you know, RE without like those types of things. Um, you know, those things way. that
0: you learned in like third grade.
1: Yeah, Oops. it's all coming back to fruition now. Yeah, so that's a good one. And and honestly, it's great for just uh, general composition too. If I'm going to write something up, uh, I'll start there because I'll know that I can, you know, copy it and paste it somewhere else. Um, their formatting tools are actually pretty easy too. You'd think they sponsor the show, they don't. I just am not happy about the product. So,
0: cool. Yeah. Uh, what have I been using in tech lately? Uh, big one for me is my current password manager, which is Bitwarden. Um, Spelt like bit bit and then warden of a uh, prison i guess is how you'd say that i don't really know why it's I'd like a it.
1: game warden for like the dnr maybe yeah there you go that's probably a
0: better, <laughs> better analogy um but anyway bit warden has been awesome uh it works really well across all platforms right so they have an iphone app or whatever apple app uh, android app you can use it on mac os pc uh, and then they also have browser extensions too for all, all the common browsers, Google Chrome, Microsoft Edge, Mozilla Firefox, et cetera. Um, and all of that to be able to go across different platforms is free, which is a really nice piece. They they do have a, like a pro or a paid version if you wanna share stuff across multiple people and things like that. But I've noticed that all the other apps out there, you know, LastPass, 1Password, Dashlane, there's like seven or eight that are really good. They all require a paid version to have like multiple different apps or to be able to access it on your phone and your computer or across multiple computers and stuff. So Bitwarden, super awesome because it doesn't charge you for that Um, and it also, I mean don't quote me on this, I'm by no means a security expert or an engineer, but it offers all of the same like encryption, uh, data safe at rest, all that sort of stuff that all the other password managers do. So, so
1: how do you use it on your cell phone? Like, what does that experience like if I have to log into Facebook or something? Exactly, yeah,
0: oh, there's two really good ways to use it on your phone and or in the browser. Um, and that's I, don't, I never really use the desktop app because every time I need a password on my computer, it's usually in the browser anyway. So I use the browser extension and the phone app um, on the phone app. You can just you can literally just like open up the app and browse your passwords or search for a specific password. Uh, and then you can view the username and password and any other notes and stuff that you have in there, or you can like click an option to copy the username or the password, and then you can paste, go to the other app and paste it. The better version or the better way that it works is you can set it up so that your phone or so that your Bitwarden app has the ability to autofill in other apps. I mean that's a kind of like a security setting you have to change on your phone. Very simple,
1: like Chrome does for most people anyways.
0: Yeah, exactly. So then, yeah, let's say you're sitting in your Facebook app or your banking account app. You can click in, like, the username and password field, and it will usually pop up with an option to, like, an autofill option to open Bitwarden, and it will pull it up right in the app. you pick the password that you want. Usually, it will find it if it's smart enough to, like, see, oh, you're on Facebook.com, so I'm going to show you all the passwords related to Facebook and you can just click it and it'll autofill and then you hit sign it Um, or if it's not smart enough to autofill you can just click search right there and find it and autofill it nice
1: that's pretty good that's a good piece of technology sounds i
0: mean really the biggest thing here is password managers are a must today right like we talk about it all the time on here and this is a swick type podcast so we can hint at it again, but multi-factor authentication and unique passwords are like your biggest line of defense for everything right now, right? Like if you have a really stupid, easy password, someone has probably already hacked your account. (laughs) And if you you don't have a good password and multi-factor authentication on, then you might accidentally fall for a phishing scam and give away your password. So it's important that you have multi-factor authentication on And then also you should have like one password per each account, right? So you shouldn't be using the same password across different accounts because then if one of your passwords does get compromised, now they have access to everything.
1: Makes sense, as we all know. Um, Thanks dude for sharing that one, that's good. And I think you had something for the something Eric doesn't know.
0: Yes, (laughs) this, this is my favorite segment. This is the segment where I bring up some sort of technology or information question for you um, and we'll see if you can answer it. Uh, I'm I'm going out on a whim here. It's a little risky. It's related to our topic today and I don't have that much knowledge in like traditional phone systems and stuff, so we'll see. My, your answer, you probably won't have a great answer for this. I'll try and explain it. I don't know if my answer will be any better for folks, but but we're going to try it because it's related to the phone topic. So what I want to ask you today is, do you know what SIP trunking is? And that's S-I-P, SIP, Well,
1: this is one of those grammar things because I've heard that term before, but I always thought it was zip, like Z-I-P, trunking. And (laughs) Just based on the term trunking i assume that there's some truncating going on where it's condensing something to package and repurpose uh, but i don't really know anything about it but that's my like in context what my guess would be
0: interesting answer um no that's not right at all right uh, i don't know if the whole like if that's why they use the word trunking if it's related to like truncating and stuff hard to say based on what it is but so sip stands for session initiation protocol um, and it's a, it's a term related to voip or phone systems voice over internet protocol for phone systems um, and the concept here is the sip trunking is essentially the virtual piece that tells which lines are what and how many like lines your phone system has and Okay, how do they make local calls, long distance calls, international calls, like all of that routing virtually is done as part of the SIP trunk. Hmm. Okay. So it's kind of like it's on top and we'll talk about what a PBX is later, but PBX is essentially like the phone system as a whole, whether it be analog or or uh, digital or voiceover IP um and sip trunking is kind of like on top of that so it's like the phone system and then sip trunking is like telling what channels and lines are open and where the
1: phone calls go crazy how much of this happens that sounds so complex but to the end user you see or hear none of these things it just works usually
0: you know what's even crazier about that so yes that is crazy and the complexity of a phone system, like I said, I don't really even understand this. I probably just explained that wrong to you. But the complexity of a phone system is unreal when you consider to your point that everyone just like picks up a phone and makes a phone call and it just works, right? For For the most part, it always has just worked. And then you consider like how old are phones? Like the basic te- technology of landlines. That's not new. What we're, I have to look this but it's up still. I mean,
1: who who was it? Albert Einstein that was quoted um, saying something like technology is magic. Uh, I'm trying to find it really fast here. 1849
0: was the first basic phone.
1: 18, what was it?
0: 1849? Yeah, I think the, the like telephony and telephones as we know it is like 1940s, 1950s. So we're talking 70 plus years ago is when people started using phones on like a normal basis, the way we know them today, to like call other people in their homes and whatnot, which that is insane. Like think about all the technology that's behind a phone system. Even if we're, you know, we're talking, let's say we're talking about an analog phone system, not, not any of the new stuff we're gonna discuss today, like cloud and void, but just a basic analog phone system where you've got all kinds of wires, tying different lines together behind the scenes, right, like behind the wall where your phone is mounted. And that somehow routes audio to some other person in some other place. Like, that's a lot of technology. And to think that was created 70 years ago, that's unreal. Yeah. And now we're doing it through video and recording the call. And we're in two
1: separate places. And we're doing this on our computer. And it's
0: you know even just that's like. I can't even understand that
1: it's wild and so the quote that i found it really quick it's um from a science fiction writer named arthur c clark um in his book profiles of the future and inquiry into the limits of the possible he had a quote that said any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguish- indistinguishable for magic and I would have, I would agree with that. Like at some point, this starts to just feel like magic, you know.
0: It does, especially to you know people like you and I and and everyone else probably listening to this who don't really live and breathe that stuff. You know, some of our some of our smarter folks on our team, our engineers and things like that, probably understand it a lot more than we do. But yeah, it's they can show us how the tricks were done. <laughs> it certainly does seem like magic sometimes. It's cool. We, you know, it's crazy to think about how much we take that for granted. Not just you and I, but people in general, like how upset we get when something doesn't work or your, you know, your computer gets an update and
1: well, there's a comedian that stuff. did a skit on that. He said, you know, I was flying on an airplane and you know, it was when Wi-Fi and airplanes were was just released as a new thing you could do. And he's like, literally, they had just come over the intercom and said that you can you know, browse Wi-Fi or whatever, and, like, a minute later, they said it's broken, and the guy next to him goes, oh, you got to be kidding me. He's like, you're flying through the air in a chair right now. It's basically magic, and you're mad about something that hasn't even existed for five minutes yet not working, you know.
0: Yeah, not only are you flying through the air in a chair, you're flying through the air in a chair inside of, like, a giant metal tube. Right. (laughs) That's not supposed to be
1: that's not supposed to be working either. You find physics and you're mad that you can't browse the internet while you're doing that. So, you know, the comedy in that is just our, our human nature and how we deal with things. I think it's comical. And to your point about, you know, am I happy using Grammarly as someone that's never going to learn grammar? Or am I going to learn some things from it? I remember using a map while driving and, like, reading off directions and saying, if you pass this, you've gone too far.
0: Oh, my goodness. Do you remember MapQuest?
1: you printed them out before you go places and people MapQuest? didn't trust the gps like thinking from like the smartphones on the blackberry they're like no i can't trust that technology we have to print this off i'm like huh <laughs> no
0: looking back on it now it's like mapquest is the worst right like thinking about how easy it is now to just punch it into my phone or or tell my phone where i'm going and have it bring it up MapQuest or you know on your gps in your car yeah. like it's so ridiculously convenient that we don't we're to the point where we don't even need to know the steps of how to get somewhere, People we just say,
1: know how to get yeah. here. I'm like, well, how is that still a question you're asking me? It's going to be 2021. I don't know how to get there, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> My right? Tell me exactly where to go step by step.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then you look back on MapQuest now, and we think it's so ridiculous okay. that we used it, but it's like at the time it was pretty impressive that you could like go on a, to a website on a computer, type in two different locations and it would spit out all the directions for you right like that was like the most convenient thing ever at the
1: time yeah, it was a big deal gosh we're really deep into all this stuff let's get into our topic we'll just right. <laughs> be a whole podcast episode of us rambling on about the modern technologies that we take for granted it could be a whole episode
0: yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. episode 15
1: so our topic today really is uh, cloud voice, and we wanted to just take a brief stop at like, what is uh, voice over IP, um, and kind of just understand that first and then get into uh, cloud voice and what that's like and what reasons are good to make a switch if you were to be considering one and what solutions exist out there. Um, and this is all kind of under the context that we're gonna be doing a webinar, a brain food webinar on this topic also um, in the near future. So. It seemed like a good topic to spend some time on. That being said, like VoIP stands for, because I had to kind of figure this out for myself, because I don't know, voice over internet protocol. And from what I could find, put simply, it refers to making phone calls that are made through the internet rather than through a regular landline or like a mobile network. And so, it works. This is what I had found out. These are my, some of my notes here. It works by taking your analog voice signals, converting them into digital signals, which you kind of talked about a minute ago. Is that the the truncating, right, or something?
0: Uh, yeah, the sit truncating is done on, like, the digital side.
1: Okay. And then sending them as data over your broadband line. So, again, a lot happening kind of behind the scenes. But, um, you know, for starters, once it's set up, it's typically cheaper than like a traditional phone line and it means that depending on your setup you may not have to pay for your phone calls based on the distance which country you're calling or how much time you spend like literally on the phones so yeah
0: so essentially the way that the reason that that's all true is because you're using an existing framework right everyone uses and has internet service or like today right if you're standing up a new building or something or a new house or whatever it makes more sense to use just internet technology to do both your normal web browsing what have you what you need internet for and your phone calls right because traditionally the analog system that you kind of alluded to or the traditional phone system was a whole separate network of very similar lines and cables so that's what makes it what that's what makes VoIP more attractive, right? You already have internet, you're using internet. The basic, very basic, like analog voice calls that you're making, right? Traveling, having voice travel over internet lines or traditional phone lines isn't like a very robust or like high end technology, I guess. Apparently. Reliable? Yeah, I think it's reliable. Uh, both Both flavors, right? Like when was the last time you had a, landline i mean not that we really use landlines anymore but think think about like as a kid right when you were on the phone on a landline did you ever really have dropped calls and stuff
1: no right but i do remember there i remember growing up having like landlines obviously and corded phones even in cordless phones and all that stuff the, the kind of progression of all that but like if the power went out the phone could still work if it was like a really basic model phone that just plugged into the landline and not like needing mm-hmm. power for like a cordless phone or, or wireless phone, whatever it was called then. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting to know that maybe there's some like emergency use case to have one.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's the same as internet service though today too, right? If your power goes down, usually, mo- you know, your average person will lose internet service because your internet is coming into a modem, which is just in yeah. power and then a router for your wireless also plugged into power. But if you had like a battery backup, for an example, to keep those items running, then I think you would still have internet service. Good
1: point, good to
0: know. So yeah, so anyway, phone, the traditional phone lines and your internet service in your house are very similar technologies. Obviously, like we kind of alluded to, one's analog, one's digital. So there's some conversion going on there. But the reason VoIP kind of started becoming such a hot item is because there was no reason not to use the internet service
1: sure and then so like having um hardware around that like you know hard phones and things like that seem to still be something that was like a requirement for that for that type of setup a voip system
0: um and this is a
1: little grayer as we go from voip to cloud it does and this
0: gets really gray right so and we'll talk about some of that as we shift to cloud but yeah it's interesting so let's say you had a traditional phone and an internet and internet service separate you would normally have a you know a physical handset or phone on your desk with a phone cord running into it and then next to that you have your computer your laptop or your desktop with an ethernet cable running into the computer so then we went to VoIP where they're both running on the same service so now what was really cool about that is you could also you need less infrastructure because the same cord for your phone and your computer. So most VoIP phones will have two ethernet ports on them. Mm-hmm. You plug the one coming from your wall into your phone, and then you plug another one from your phone into your computer to get internet all the way to your computer. Um, oh yeah, that's
1: interesting. So I do have some like recollection of this kind of taking place. Okay, but I had yeah. no clue as to why, I was like, oh, whatever.
0: <laughs> right, so now nerd- <laughs> shift into these cloud items that we'll talk about and it gets kind of gray, right? Because you can still have like a VoIP phone system that has some cloud aspects and stuff where you still have like the physical handset, but then your computer maybe also has like a digital call log, you know, there's kind of those start to blend together a little bit. But as we shift all the way to cloud, you're basically deleting that physical phone that you used to have at your desk. Right, so now you only need your computer to make phone calls. That's which, like it's a big differentiator,
1: which is cool. And there's probably a very large laundry list of like, you know, things a business may need or ought to be considering if you're gonna make that switch. But um, some of them that I have noted are probably a little bit more um, for the small to medium sized business rather than the enterprise. That being said. Some things a business may need uh, is a phone solution that's designed for small and medium sized business, right? Uh, If you're not an enterprise organization, you know, what do you need? You know what I mean? Like you don't have all of these various different departments and locations soon across the globe or the country. Yeah, Um,
0: that's a really good point. Um, And it's important to like pay attention to that piece, like the the need so-called, like how robust does your phone system need to be? But the interesting thing about that is that's also, Kind of starting to melt away as small and medium businesses start to try and act and feel and be like enterprise businesses right so oftentimes you call a business even if it's a small business they're going to have like an auto attendant right where a robotic voice for lack of a better term or digital voice or it's some sort of like ai personality will answer the phone and walk you through how to get to an actual person or how to call their help desk or their call center. Um, and then they're oftentimes also going to have like call cues and stuff set up for, if you call a sales line, it's going to ring the three sales guys, you know, stuff like that. So it's important to have a system that's designed for your needs, but it's also worth calling out like a lot of them do all of the bells and whistles features that maybe not everyone thinks they need, but nowadays a lot of businesses have anyway.
1: Sure. Which is kind of cool. I mean, it seems like there's this meeting in the middle that's kind of happening where um, large corporate, you know, enterprise businesses are considering this and obviously down market as you're maybe a startup or a smaller business, you're getting kind of like you said, the offering that these bigger companies maybe used to have only access to and now it's kind of everybody can use this and it's, you're getting the same kind of suite of tools, but you can now just turn them on or turn them off kind of thing as you need it. So, um, if some other things that I had noted were you know some things a business may need like freedom from a phone at your desk you know if you don't need that phone at your desk this is something to consider um, maybe you want to save money on the hardware and the management of the hardware there's a lot of capex that goes into buying all of this physical equipment that you'd have to park at everyone's desks um, that may or may not need them you know so those are I don't know, some things, I'm not, I don't have to like go through all of them, but like the scalability of this stuff too, can be pretty rapidly um, and, and easily scalable. If you need I mean to scale. I that's the best
0: part, right? Right there is the fact that no longer do I need a physical building and then have to have someone come in and run cabling and stuff just for me to get a phone line set up in my office. No, you can now go to Google Voice or Microsoft Teams, or we'll talk about some other options here. And overnight, you can like you can stand up a new business line yeah. and have people find it right so you can be a startup and it your phone system makes it seem like you're a full running business even though maybe you filed to start an LLC yesterday and and turned on a phone line today just by punching in a credit card number you know yep yeah.
1: yeah it's it's very interesting to think about it that way like you can just you can just go there's a there's a lot of speed in this stuff where you can just get going and you know, at some point it gets there can be some layers and levels of complexity that would require somebody to really kind of step in and help. Um, if you have like a paging system in a warehouse and there could be more going on here. Like you mentioned, like a hunt group for like, you know, customer service or like directing it and routing it to a very specific um, user base like sales folks. Um, but a lot of that stuff. It doesn't seem like it's that terribly difficult to do with this type this type of solution. Um, I'm looking at some of my other notes here and. I'm just gonna. It looks like some of them are just kind of repurposed the same statements. Like, it's keeping all size businesses in mind. If if you're considering that type of mood move, um, you don't really have to sacrifice any features or flexibility. It's. I mean, there's like more reasons to go with this than to not.
0: Yeah, uh, and I think to your point there, Eric, about the need to maybe have someone help you along the way. If you do have a warehouse and a paging system and stuff, I think that's a great point. And it's really important to call out like, yeah, some of this cost is now shifting from a lot of the upfront hardware and cabling and setup and creation of like the physical environment for a phone system. And it's shifting into, you know, having it staff on hand that know the phone system or, outsourcing to you know whether that be a, someone like swick tech or another phone provider that can really help you build the solution that meets your needs so that's yeah. it's not to say like go cloud voice because it's actually like free and all you have to do is pay for the monthly <laughs> cost. no there's still absolutely some like setup and configuration that's Light needed if you, have like a, that. if you want to have a robust phone system um so it's just it's good to know like that's kind of the new trade-off right and that's Common of a lot of technologies these days, right? You'll see the shift from a physical server in a building to cloud servers. Well, now that means you're paying a pretty big monthly cost instead of that upfront capital expenditure to have Microsoft or Google or Amazon run your server environment. Um, and there's also going to be some labor costs involved in that, right? Now you know not not only do you have to worry about the physical server and if it's up and running, but you got to make sure that your entire virtual environment hosted by someone else is optimized for your needs and serving us the data and the technology that you need to run your business. So the costs are just shifting, they're not going away.
1: That makes sense. That's that's a good point to make. Um, but the the whole like not needing CapEx is, is attractive. The fact that I can use this on my Android or iOS devices pretty awesome. you know I, I've been in the car and made calls out to people through our team's voice solution using my team's voice account and app. Um, that's been really great, you know, um, to quickly recap or catch up on things or touch base without having to use my cell phone to do that. I'm using the business phone or take calls, right? Um, on the go. So that that being said that, that the transition here really would come into like what solutions are out there? You know, we're, we're just scratching the surface on this whole thing. We could obviously go in great depth in any one of these components, but just kind of um, staying service level, we have a few listed uh, that are kind of the leaders in the space, if you will.
0: Yeah, and to that point, it, there's all kinds of them. And I know that a lot of, um, not like traditional phone services, but your common um, like internet service providers, right? AT&T, They do phones too. They offer like a version of some of these solutions. All the other ISPs um, and communication companies will offer types of these solutions now. So um, it's important to grow to go with the one that you kind of fits your needs the best. But um, the really common ones out there that you're going to see that are kind of the back end or the environment that you're using uh, are. Microsoft Teams, right? So we know we touch on that one a lot and folks will hear that all the time. We're doing a webinar on it again in a few weeks on why using Teams voice. Um, But Microsoft Teams is a really hot one right now. Google Voice, or I think they call it like Workspace now, if it's like a business phone plan is another big one. Um, And then a couple of the major like companies that started in like the digital phone, I mentioned earlier there was, There was a time, and I think you can still get these types of solutions, where you had like a VoIP phone system, so you still had your internet lines running your phone service to like a a handset, like an actual phone on your desk, and that was your entire phone, but then you had like a digital app that was running on your computer, so you could see when someone was calling, it would pop up on your computer screen too, you could see your call logs, access your voicemail on the computer, those types of companies, Eight x Eight and Ring Central, I think, are a couple of common ones of those. They are now starting to offer a full cloud voice solution as well.
1: Yeah, and it looks, you know, if that's all you need, um, they seem like good solutions. I would say, obviously, you mentioned like WeTalk Teams. If we like Teams because it's integrated on the Microsoft stack, so there's so much more to it than just voice. That all these other things start to get kind of baked into it. Which don't remember away our, our entire webinar topic. Here. <laughs> it's just very affordable. Um, you know, the licensing makes a lot of sense because it could tie it into all this other stuff that you're already doing. But if you're not doing any of those things and you're not on the Microsoft stack and you have no like compelling reason to go down that path, it might actually be a deterrent. You know, you would really want to probably not go with them if you. are yeah, might be
0: Microsoft. overly expensive then yep. for that sort of scenario. So then these
1: other ones are really great to consider for again, depending on your use case, your kind of growth trajectory, where you think you're going to be going, and what types of tools are going to help your business. So there's a number of good offerings out there that can fit for each business's unique needs um, without going into detail about all of them, right? But there's cost to each of them. Um, You know, if you're in the Microsoft stack, then Teams is like, hard. it really is hard to beat, I think.
0: Yeah, and then to your, you know, we kind of touched on price a little bit, how it's shifting more to the monthly costs and maybe some labor for having some IT folks that can run it. Um, I think the real, you know, let, let's say to wash as an example, or even let's say cloud voice is more expensive for your business today than it would be to go with a traditional phone system. I would say the real like benefit, the the huge, huge benefit that you get from switching to a voice system, and you alluded to this a little bit, Eric, is the flexibility. So not not only now do you not need the hardware, you still can, like a lot of them offer a hardware solution where you can have a handset or, you know, we have headsets for Teams Voice, Um, but you don't need that anymore. So you get out of having to have that hardware. And then the flexibility is that you have, your phone is on your computer now, right? So if you have a laptop computer, anywhere you take your laptop, you have your phone system. And then on top of that, most if not all of these cloud voice solutions are also going to offer an app for your phone. So now your phone doubles uh, your, smartphone, your, business phone. Yeah. your smartphone. Oftentimes it's going to be an employee's personal cell phone. You don't have to have that employee use their personal cell phone number anymore. They can just download the Teams app or the Google Voice or the RingCentral app right on their phone. And they have basically two phones in one now. So it gets rid of The other weird problem that a lot of businesses have where they have to like buy a sales employee a separate smartphone, right? So they have a business line when they're out and about. And really in today's world, when we're talking about remote employees, that's everyone now, right? We're both sitting at home right now. So many businesses have sent all their employees home for the foreseeable future because of the pandemic and everything that's going on. And so this flexibility is just crazy convenient. It's just, it's unbelievable. Like you said, you can make a call from your car now. Um, I can just pick up my smartphone and answer a work call or make a work phone call, and it looks like it's coming from my office line. It you is do a just,
1: video conference call too. It's like it's like so much more. It's just um, we've come a long way, and I think honestly, in the in light of like the pandemic, it's pushed a lot of people over this edge that yeah they saw on the horizon, but there was no real rush to get there. And now it's almost kind of been a bit more mandatory and now that we're in this. Kind of place. It's kind of like, oh, this isn't so painful or bad. This is actually pretty great, and everyone's finding ways to appreciate it with all of this stuff. So it balances out somewhere. But um, you know, these tools that we're talking about, this cloud voice solutions, it, it honestly is a bit of a game changer. You know, uh, if you if you're able to make that switch, if, or if you have already, you're probably realizing it. So it's it's fun to talk about.
0: Yeah, for sure. And yeah, to to that point, like just look at who's doing well in business right now, right? And it's all the technology companies, Zoom and Microsoft and Amazon and whatnot that are all offering these types of flexible solutions so that businesses can still get stuff done during a time like this. So it's really cool to see that coming to fruition. I don't necessarily love that the people who have trillions of dollars are getting richer and richer. (laughs) That's a different conversation for a different day.
1: Oh yes. That is it. we're not gonna go down that path at all. But
0: I think you know that'll
1: that'll pretty much wrap it up for today. Um and as we had mentioned, you know, we are hosting another brain food webinar. It's gonna be November 18th at 2 PM. Uh it's titled Your Next Move with Microsoft Teams hint hint, replacing your voice uh phone system or sorry, replacing your phone system with voice and video calls. So uh we'll go a bit deeper on the webinar for those that found this episode fun and interesting and want to learn more, I would say definitely register for that uh, by going to swictech.com. I think you have over the resources tab, you can click on events and see what we have going on. So pretty straightforward stuff.
0: Awesome. Looking forward to it.